every time I let my guard down. Something bad happens. Obviously, that's an extreme picture of someone we're living with a whole bunch of phobias. And, and uh, the sad truth is, though, a lot of us, though we don't have fears quite that big, I, I hope not, uh, they're not quite as excessive as that guy, we still live with lives consumed by worry and fear. We say we trust in God because we know we ought to, we should. You know, that's obvious that we need to trust in God. But we live behind a mask of trust where our confidence in him is not as deep or as real as it should be. And I can say that because I know I've been there. I was thinking recently about um, one of my more uh, stressful times was about a year ago. My kids, every other year, my children in Portland, they have uh, some children, my grandkids, and every other Christmas they go down to Mexico. And uh, my daughter-in-law's uh, parents own a place down there. And so every other Christmas, they go to Mexico for Christmas. Well, this, this year, there's all sorts of news. There still is, but all sorts of news about all these drug cartel killings happening in the border towns. And uh, I was very concerned. I was very worried about them. I tried not to let that slip too much. But I would make comments from time to time. Hey, did you see the news? Did you read what happened? about? You? And my son, knowing where I was going, Dad, we'll be fine. We've gotten down there lots of times. It's going to be okay. But I remember lying in bed one night, stressing, literally stressing out, worrying about my kids as they were on their way there, wondering if they were going to get, you know, killed or kidnapped or something horrible was going to happen. And as I'm laying there in bed thinking about it, here's what dawned on me. I have absolutely no way to control that. There's nothing productive. There's nothing fruitful that, that comes from my worrying about that situation. I didn't get any benefit from it, neither did them. And Jesus put it this way, Matthew 6, 27. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Who of you by worrying can change anything? Jesus saying worry is a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. And I want to suggest to you that worry and fear are enemies of faith and trust. And that worry never adds anything to your life and always costs you something. It never adds anything and always costs you something. And so today, I want to take a look at how to experience hope and trust in the midst of struggle. How can we experience hope and trust in God even when things aren't quite the way we want them to be? How can we be people who don't live behind a mask of trust but we actually do? And here's the first thing in your outline if you're taking notes today. Number one, instead of living in the land of what if, dot, 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 fill in the blank. Instead of living in the land of what if, choose to cast your worries and fears God's way. Choose to cast, to chuck, to throw, to, to hurl all those worries and fears on the Lord. I know the Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything. I know that Jesus said in Matthew 6, 25, do not worry about this life. I, I know what the scriptures teach on worry, but I, I still worry. I know I'm not supposed to, but I, I still find myself in that place all too often. I even know it's not healthy for me, that the stress and worry that can actually cost me, and I get that, but sometimes, if I'm going to be real honest, sometimes I worry about worrying. Sometimes I actually get stressed out about the fact that I'm all stressed out, and some of you can relate to that, and, and uh, you understand. Uh, did you know that the word worry actually comes from a German word, worgen, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it right, but it's W-R-G-E-N, worgen, and it means to strangle, constrict, or to choke. So our word for worry, worry comes from a word that literally means to strangle, constrict, or choke, meaning that's how we feel, that's what worry does to us, it gets us all messed up. And the other thing is, truth is, it's virtually impossible to hold on to faith when our hands are full of doubt and worry. We can't really be people of faith that honor God when we're consumed by worry and fear. So what's the solution to our worry problem? Well, I'm going to give you a few, but here's the first one. It starts with an intentional decision, with an intentional decision that we need to make, a conscious choice to cast all our cares on the Lord. Peter put it this way in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all. I love that word, all, and that's exactly what it means. Cast all your anxiety on him, on God, 
because he cares for you. And there's a version called the Amplified Version, which just, it, it adds some d- d- deeper meaning, some additional words to uh, the, the uh, scriptures. And the Amplified Version puts it this way, casting the whole of your care, meaning all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, on God. Why? For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. He cares about you affectionately and he's watching over us. Peter was writing uh, this book, this epistle of 1 Peter, to some Christians who were experiencing a great deal of, of worry and concern, and they were being persecuted for their faith in Christ. In the Greco-Roman world, Christians at that time were not held in very high esteem. And Peter says, don't carry the weight of worry. Don't get stressed out by that. Instead, cast all your care on him, because God affectionately and deeply cares for you. Here's what Jesus said about it in John 14, 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And by the way, those words were spoken to the disciples within hours of the time that he was going to get arrested and within, it was the eve of the the night where he would be crucified. Jesus, knowing what was coming their way and that the disciples were going to be incredibly stressed, they were already stressed out because all this talk that they didn't understand about him dying. And they already sensed something horrible was on its way. And Jesus looked at these men in the eyes, these guys that he loved, and he said, do not let your hearts be troubled. You trust in God, trust also in me. And by the way, that's a command. When Jesus says, do not let, that wasn't a suggestion. He wouldn't say, hey, guys, I got an idea. Why not set a worry aside? Don't, 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 don't trust me. He wasn't giving a suggestion. He was giving a command. Do not let, meaning you make a choice. Trust doesn't come magically. There's no worry vaccine, and I wish there were. Wouldn't that be great if it's like a flu vaccine? I need my worry shot. There isn't anything like that. There's no trust vitamins. Trust is grown and developed in trial. Trust is grown and developed through repeated and healthy choices to let go and to let God when things are hard. And how do we best cast those worries on God? Well, through one very important way the Bible teaches us through prayer. We cast those cares on God. Okay, I get it. I'm supposed to give them to God. How do I do that? Well, we do it through prayer. Romans 12, 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Romans, uh, excuse me, Philippians 4, 6. Jesus... um, Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition. Again, Paul makes it very clear. Don't be anxious. Don't worry. Don't get stressed out about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Bring those needs, those worries, those cares to him. Give them to him. I believe the best way to be joyful in hope and patient in affliction and not to be anxious about anything is to be faithful in prayer, to learn to develop a lifestyle of casting those things to God in prayer. Now, when you're in the midst of it, say you're driving down the road, that doesn't mean that you drop to your knees. You wouldn't want to do that while you're driving, close your eyes, bow your head. It just means that when you're in that situation that is bigger than you, overwhelming to you, immediately learn to cast that to him. I want to encourage you to turn your worry alarm, and some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, to turn that worry alarm into a signal to pray. When that thing goes off in your head, Instead of letting it just take you someplace else, let it bring you to the throne, bring you to God. And so every time that worry buzzer goes off in your head, start praying. Come to him. Tell God how you feel. Be honest with him. Tell him what's going on in your heart. And leave the burden then on his shoulders where he wants them to be. And then don't take them back. And when you're tempted to take them back and you do, just again, come in prayer and give them to the Lord. And here's the beauty and the power of prayer. As we pray and as we keep praying, We turn our minds and our hearts from fear-based thinking into faith-based thinking. As we practice this, 
And I say practice because it's going to take you a while to, for it to become a habit, to become normal for you. Because most of us, and I am a worrywart, most of us, when we get stressed out, we tend to just go down that road where we get more and more and more and more and more you know, fretful and anxious and upset and our stomach starts to bother us and all sorts of things happen. And we get a migraine and all these things take place. And instead of going there, we have to choose, intentionally choose, to take those burdens and say, God, I can't carry this, and you can't, and just to give it to him. You can then become, instead of fear-based people, fear-based thinking turns into faith-based thinking. We begin to trust in him. And that takes me to my next point, number two. How do we get there? Well, number two, find peace and joy by staying focused on God. First, we choose to cast those cares that we can't carry anyhow, we shouldn't carry, onto the Lord. And then we stay there focused and fixed on him. If you know me, you know that I am not one of the guys that says, no matter what happens, just find the silver lining, look for the rainbow, turn those lemons into lemonade. I'm just not that kind of guy. In fact, people like that make me want to puke and I want to hurt them. (laughs) And it's not that I'm against positive thinking. I'll explain that in a moment. But I, I think sometimes they don't get it and they're not real and they're just trying to slap a happy sticker on things. And that's not me. Because of something one of our staff members recently went through with their kid, I was reminded years ago when my youngest son, Isaac, had a uh, serious bone infection, and they put him in the hospital, and they put him on this drip IV with antibiotics, and they told us he was supposed to be there for like six weeks. And at the time, I didn't have any health insurance at all, so you can imagine how worried and stressed out I was. Now, as it turns out, uh, God healed my son and, and intervened, and it was pretty cool that way that story ended. But while I'm in the midst of this struggle and turmoil and anxiety, I remember this guy coming up to me, and God bless him, I know he meant well, but he slapped me on the back and he said, hey, brother, what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. And I wanted to kill him. (laughs) What happened to mourning with those who mourn and weeping with those who weep, by the way, which is taught in the Scripture? What happened to being an encouragement and a comforter? And it's not, you don't really find comfort in that situation when you just try to slap a, a happy sticker on your problem. Now listen very carefully to me because some of you are upset with where I'm going. But let me make it clear. I do not deny the power of positive thinking. And it is better than negative thinking, for the record. But positive thinking is all too often human-based and self-focused. And let me explain what I mean by that. All too often, positive thinking, the way it's promoted by a lot, and in a secular environment as well, is it's, it's, it's not God-focused. It's human-based and it's self-focused. It's essentially all about me and my ability to deal optimistically with my circumstances and my struggles. Now, again, it's better to be optimistic than pessimistic. But that positive attitude that people try to have is all too often a mask, and all too often it's people-centered and not God-centered and not God-focused. Let me say it again. It's not God-centered and God-focused. I'm all about being positive for the right reason. And it's certainly not my strength and my ability that I put my hope in and my trust in. I put it in God's unlimited power and in his love for me. And that's why it's better to focus on him. And that's the way to being truly positive in a holy way. Let me read to you a passage from Philippians 4. I read one verse earlier. Philippians 4, verse 4 to 9. And as I read this passage, I want you to listen for how many times it talks about God, the Lord, and Christ Jesus. And you tell me what the focus is as we read through this passage. Philippians 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord. There's the first time. Rejoice in the Lord always. It doesn't say rejoice and, you know, I'm sorry your life sucks, just rejoice. It says rejoice in the Lord, in Him, always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. There's the second time. 
The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to who? To God. There's the third time. And verse 7, and the peace of God. Not the peace that I can somehow stir up in my soul, not the peace that somehow I can you know, conjure up in my own ability, but the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If I'm right, I think that's the fifth time it refers to God. Verse 8, finally, brothers. Now, this passage is awesome and often quoted by the positive thinkers. And it's powerful, but it's in this context. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Verse 9, Paul says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me seen or seen in me, put into practice. And here's the final time, six times in six verses. And the God of peace, the God of peace will be with you. Where's the focus in this passage? On us or on God? It's not a trick question. Yeah, it's on God. It's on him. It's absolutely on him and not on us. All of this about not being anxious. All of this about rejoicing no matter what we face. All of this about finding peace and experiencing peace that transcends, goes beyond our human capacity and human ability to even understand is all focused on him. It's about him. And so let me be clear. The only kind of positive thinking I'm into is where God is first and foremost in my thoughts, where he is the focus and he is my hope and my strength. And then, yes, out of that, I want to be very positive because it's all about him. Worry and fear come from allowing ourselves to focus on the worst case scenario. And by nature, that's many of us in this room. Something bad goes happen and we immediately go to the worst case scenario. <gasps> what if? Again, we struggle with this and we do so when we lose our focus on him, when we lose Focus, we lose faith. And if you're taking notes, write that down. When we lose focus on him, we lose faith. So we must stay focused on God's remarkable power and his unquestionable presence and unrelenting love for us no matter what. You and I can rejoice. We can be positive in the midst of whatever we're facing because we're rejoicing in the Lord and in the fact that he is with us. We can experience the peace of God which will go beyond our abilities as we focus on him and are thankful to him. Every time in my life, and boy, I tell you, I mean every time in my life, when I get into emotional mess, when I become worried and stressed out, it's because I've taken my eyes off of the Lord. Every time. Every time. It's because I've put my eyes on the problem instead of on him. Just as a point of humor almost to me, I finished this message on Friday, and I about 4 o'clock or so, I got done writing this, and I decided I was going to take a little walk, stretch my legs, and I have a home office where I write my messages most of the time. And So I walked down to get the mail, and, I, and uh, the mail, as I opened it up, had three, not one, but three medical bills for some of the procedures that I've had recently. One of them was 1000 bucks, $987 just for the pathologist to tell me that I've got cancer. Thank you very much. That was my part after the insurance, and I thought... And if my first thought was, not a good thought. For that split a second. And then I thought, oh God, how wonderful you are to use this, my own words, to remind me in the midst of that situation, where's your focus? Is it on the bills? You know, that you don't have the money to pay? And, I, and then I started thinking about someone else, and I talked to him this morning in our church who got a, over a $100,000 bill for a pacemaker recently. You know, it's all kind of relative anyhow. But here's the point. When I lose focus on him, when I start to look at the problem, look at the circumstances, look at everything else that's going on in my life, then I get stressed out and worried. But when I stay fixed on him, 
My problems and my circumstances may not change. I wish I could tell you that those bills just magically went away when I turned my focus to the Lord. They didn't. They may not change, but I do. I do. And I can tell you honestly, I had peace and I have peace. So let me ask you, where's your focus? Whatever your need is right now, wherever you're struggling, where's your focus? I would encourage you to not focus on the problem, but to focus on the Lord. First step, we cast our cares. We intentionally, to cast something, if you're going to throw it, it doesn't happen by accident. You've got to intentionally throw that care on the Lord's shoulders. And the second step is, step is then when you do, you stay fixed and focused on him. How do we experience hope and trust in the midst of struggle? Here's the last thing, number three. Stop trying to control everything that's probably uncontrollable anyhow. Stop trying to control everything. I got an email from a friend of ours about nine or ten months ago. And her oldest daughter was getting ready to go off to college, first time. And she emailed me because she knows that I've been there, done that, sent my kids off to school. And she said, I just need some advice. And I just need some encouragement. I'm freaking out. I'm worried. And she went and started listening. Most of the email was all her worry. I worry that my daughter is going to end up with the pot-smoking losers as a roommate and end up eating drugs. I worry that my daughter is going to, some professor is going to convince her to turn her back on God and become an atheist. I'm worried that my daughter is going to lose her virginity and on and on and on and on and on. All these fears, all these worries. And the, really the heart of the issue, and I realized this because I knew her, was that she was worried her daughter was going to do all the things she did when she was in college. And she's stressing out. And I told her what I'm telling you. You have to come to the place where you realize that you cannot control everything and stop worrying about the things that you have no control over. Which is a lot of life, by the way. If you have children. <laughs> Let me just give you a little insight right now. Some of you are older and have grown up kids. You've, you, you've been here. You know what I'm talking about. You think that... When your children leave the home, that when that day comes that they finally are on their own, that you will have it much easier. You won't worry as much because you're no longer responsible for them. All the old people like me in the room are going, oh, yeah, how's it? It gets worse. It's not easier. It's harder. Because when they're five, you can scare the dickens out of them to make them do what you want them to do. I am dad. You will obey. Yes, daddy. I'm so sorry, daddy. Oh, okay, dad. When they're 19 and they're away in college, they go, click. <laughs> dad, don't worry. Chill, dad. It's not a problem. You're, and, and suddenly you realize you still have all the same concerns, which is a nice way of saying worries. We use the word concerns because it seems nicer. We have all the same worries that we had before, but now absolutely no control. None, hardly at all, that we can control. And, and we watch them, and I've been there. We watch them make mistakes that we know are not smart and are not wise, that we wish they wouldn't, but they do it anyhow. Mark my words, it doesn't get easier, it gets harder. And then you start worrying about grandkids. <laughs> oh my goodness, life is filled with challenges. So let me just go here, and I want, I want to encourage you to own this, own this. In many ways, worry is a control issue. It's a control issue for us. Lots of us tend to be control freaks, and men, I, I would raise both hands to that. We tend to be control freaks who are a bit obsessed with trying to control our circumstances and everything around us. And let me just ask you, how's that working for you? <laughs> Has it really made your life any better? Has it really made your, your, your peace and your trust any better? No. And there are some things in life that we can manage, but many things that are not. And so what's the solution to our control problem? Well, we must believe, hope, and trust in God even when we can't do the math, even when things don't make sense, and even when we have absolutely no control. We must Trust in God. 
even when we cannot control things. Proverbs 3, 5 to 8. Solomon, very wise king, thousands of years ago wrote these words. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Verse 7, I love this. This is not often quoted in context of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, but it's very much a part of what Solomon's saying. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Solomon says, you want to be healthy? Then choose to trust in God and not to lean on your own understanding. Don't be wise in your own eyes. And the admonition here really is two-pronged. First, trust in God. Put your hope in Him. Stay fixed on Him. And the second part is don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your ability to figure everything out. How much of your future do you have any insight to right now? A minute from now, how much control do you have over what's going to take place? <laughs> Very little, really. I mean, you, yeah, you can choose to sit here, choose to get up. But in terms of the circumstances, the things all around us, there's very little about, if anything, about our future that we can control. Compared to God, how strong and capable are you of handling everything that life throws at you? Compared to God, not strong at all. And so due to the reality of our gross inadequacies, Compared to God, why would we ever trust in our own strength? Why would we ever trust in our own abilities? And why do we fight so hard to control everything when so little is really in our control anyhow? Now, I am not, listen carefully, I'm not suggesting that we live with a case sirrah, sirrah, whatever will be, will be attitude. That we just go, well, there's nothing I can do. Because there are things that we can do. I'm not suggesting that. We need to be diligent. We need to be faithful. We need to be obedient. But listen carefully to me. When it is all said and done, the only way for you and I to experience hope and trust in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our hardship, is to entrust our lives to the one who knows everything. To entrust our lives to the one who truly is greater than us. To entrust our lives to the one who truly is ultimately in control of all things. Here's how David put it in 2 Samuel 7:22: How great you are, O sovereign Lord. That means, sovereign means the one who's over all, above all. O oh, sovereign Lord, there is no one like you. We have never even heard of another God like you. David says faith believes in a great big God. Faith is doing what God wants you to do when God wants you to do it and then entrusting your life to him for the outcome, for everything else. Trust is believing that he is in control, even when our life's completely out of control. It's having confidence in him. Guys, two very important words, in him and his ability to get us where we need to be. Last summer, Matt and I got to go skydiving. It was an incredible experience. And maybe somebody remembers when we, I showed the video of my experience. But we found out that it was cheaper to do it down at a small airport outside of Boise. And my friend Tim Gump, who goes to our church, is a pilot. And he has a company plane. It's a, a turboprop, beautiful little six-seater. It's an amazing plane. And he had some business down there. And so he offered to take us down for free. I'm always into free. Free's good. So uh, we uh, took the, his plane down and flew down. It was just amazing. And I got to be the co-pilot. Now, I don't know how to fly. Okay, let me just make that clear. I have no, no training, none whatsoever. But he let me see, sit in the co-pilot seat. And it was awesome. You got that? You still got that steering wheel top? Let me have that thing. Thanks, buddy. I'm going to pretend. Actually, in a plane, this is a steering wheel of a car. In a plane, it's called the yoke. Pretty cool, huh? So we're up at 27. This thing flies at 27,000 feet, about 300 miles an hour. And it is amazing. Just an incredible experience. I was having the time of my life. And then Tim said, and I, I, I do not have my hands. I'm, you know, 
messing with stuff and looking at things. He says, you want to fly the plane? I about peed in my pants. <laughs> yeah. Can I? Is that legal? You don't ask. Just, just take the plane. So he says, take the yoke and uh, just follow my instructions. Just ask what, you know, just do what I ask you to do and you'll be fine. He said, I'm going to take it off of autopilot now. I thought maybe he was going to trick me and leave it on autopilot. You're doing great, you know. And, but I took it off of autopilot. He says, okay, I just want you to just, just follow my instructions and we're going to be fine. And after a little while, he says, now we have to begin our descent. We're going down in a good way. We're going down. Yeah. So I just want you to, you know, just press lightly. And we're going to watch the gauge. He showed me what gauge to watch and how to keep the plane level. And we did one of these one time, but no, I didn't. But, <laughs> but he said, just keep it level and, and just go nice and easy and we'll begin our descent. So I'm taking the plane down. And then we're down from 27,000 to about 2,000 feet. Pretty cool. And I can see straight out of us is the airport. And, and I'm, I'm getting kind of excited, but then I realize I, I can't land this plane. Ready, Tim? Want the yoke back? And he said, we're going to be fine. Just, 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 just hang in there. And then as we get closer, he said, okay, here's what we're going to do. And this is the coolest thing. I've been waiting a year to use this story. He said, this is the coolest thing in the world. He said, he said I want you to just to leave your hands on the yoke lightly. Let me have control. But you just keep your hands on that puppy all the way down. Until we come to a stop, I want you to feel everything. I want you to know everything. I want you to experience everything. Just let me control. Don't do this. Just let me control. You just hold on to the yoke lightly. And I did all the way down. It was the coolest thing in the world. I loved that experience. And here's what dawned on me as we got down. I got done and I told Tim, this is awesome. That's exactly what Jesus does for us. He says, I know you can't land the plane. I know you cannot get it where it ultimately needs to be. I know you don't have the skills, you don't have the knowledge, you don't have the experience. You cannot do this on your own. And if you haven't figured that out yet, can we just insert real quick? Figure that out now. That you're not as smart, as good, as bright, as brilliant, as capable as you might think you are. And the best place we can come to is, God, I know diddly squat. Help! I can't do this. And God says, I know, I know, but I can't. And then it's not like he just chucks us out of the plane. He says, you just hold lightly, and I'm going to take you every inch, every step of the way. I'll be right there with you. Jesus says, let me take control of your life. Believe in me, and just hold lightly onto me, and I'll get you where you need to be. Bow your heads, let me pray for you. Lord, I speak from lots of experience as uh, a confessed worry wart one who has spent way too much time and energy worrying about things, God, in this life. And over and over again in the word, you call us to trust. I, I barely scratched the surface today, God, I know. There's so much that your word calls us to, and so much of, of your, your truth that we still haven't even looked at today. Then it all comes back to this, that we're to trust in you, to believe in you, to hope in you, to put our faith in you. And Lord, I pray for my fellow worry warts in this room today, that you would help them to cast their cares, whatever they're carrying right now, to make an intentional choice to cast that care on you. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, listen, you can do that right now. You don't have to wait till later. You don't have to wait for something else. In this moment, right here, right now, intentionally choose. God, I can't carry this anymore. I've, I've been worried about this. I've been stressing about this. I've been miserable about this. I'm just going to give it to you. Give it to him. God, help us to give our cares to you. 
to cast those cares on you. And then, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to keep our eyes fixed on you, to keep our hearts fixed on you, to, to stay, Lord, focused on the one who loves us more than his own life and to stay right there in that place where we look to you for everything. And then, Lord, there's very little in this life that we have control over. We think we have more control than we really do. And, and that scares some of us, and that worries us, and that causes us, Lord, all sorts of issues and stress and health issues and problems. Lord, I just pray right now that we would see you in the pilot seat. We are not the pilot. We're just, at best, the co-pilot. And that you would let us, Lord, see you take the, the control of that yoke of our life. And that we would just hold lightly to the yoke and hold strongly, hold hard onto you. I'm asking you to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. And maybe you've never asked Jesus into the pilot seat of your life. Maybe you've never surrendered uh, your life to him, your all to him. And to become a Christian, become a Christ follower, really begins with that choice to surrender your life to him. To say, yes, God, I need you. I need a savior. I need you. I have sinned, I have failed, and I ask you to my life, and I surrender my life to you. That's where it begins. You give him control of the oak, and you, you admit that you need him in your life. And if that's you, and you're here today, and you know that's what you want to do, this Father's Day is the day for you to begin your life as a Christ follower. I'm going to pray a very short and very simple prayer. But really what matters most is what's in your heart, the choice that you're making right now to surrender to him. But make these words yours. Father, I surrender to you. I confess that I have sinned and failed and I've made a mess of my life trying to do it my way and today, right here, right now, I give it all to you. I surrender my all to you. My past, my present, my future, my failings, my sin, all my stuff, Lord, I give it to you and I embrace the, cr the cross. I embrace what Jesus did for me and I sit here humbled by your grace and by your, your goodness to me. And I say yes to you, and I embrace you as my Savior, my Lord, today. Take control of my life. Take the yoke, Lord. It's yours. Now, if that's you, just in your own heart, say, yep, God, that's me. That's what I need to do. It's what I want to do. And that moment, that instant you say yes to him, you become his, and he becomes yours. Start a whole new journey, a whole new walk as a Christ follower. Thank you, Lord, for those making that choice right now. Show them what that means. Show them what it means, Jesus and give them the grace and the hope that they now have in you. I pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to finish with a song of worship this morning. That song I love, Your Love Never Fails, and it's a declaration. No matter what we face, no matter what, God's with us. He's always with us. Ushers are going to come. We're going to give. I encourage you to give to support what God's doing around here and because you love Him. But let's give as we worship, and I'll come back and wrap it up. Listen, a couple things before you go. One, if you began your life as Christ follower today, tell somebody. You'll make their Father's Day, and uh, I would love to talk to you as well. But there's a packet of information in the Bible, some material to get you started in your walk with Jesus at the tables as you walk out of the room. This is for new Christians. I want to pick one of those up. Communion's available. Prayer team would be available. There's uh, hot dogs available. So if you want to get an early brunch, lunch with a good hot dog and check out the cars, God bless you. Thank you guys for bringing the cars, those of you who did, and blessings to you. Fathers, have a great day walking with Jesus. Love you.